Welcome to Blue State Conversations. This is our place to discuss the political theory from all sides, bridging the political divides that split our society. Good evening, and welcome to Blue State Conversations. You have Will and Matthew. So, today is November 4th, but just a couple of days ago, we had Election Day on November 2nd, 2021. And today's opening problem, we're discussing elections. Every year we have them, and the biggest ones occur every two years in the House and Senate with midterm elections and every four years for the presidential. And November 2nd is no different, except this marks a year from November 2nd in 2020 when Americans cast their vote and chose Biden for the largest office in the land. And today we ask the questions, what's going to happen next year? And what does it take to shake faith in the current administration? So we're really excited to have Jeff Wagner with us. He is the host of the Patriot Review. He runs a vlog and a live stream hosted every Sunday, 4 p.m. Central Time. And he can be found on Lindell TV, Cloud Hub, Rumble, and Frank Speech. Welcome, Jeff. Well, thank you, guys. It's a pleasure to be here with you. And I always love discussing what we do. You guys are true patriots for stepping up and speaking out. And it's, it's really a pleasure. And, and I'm excited to talk with you. Yeah, so I, I guess, you know, one of the things that we definitely have experienced is, you know, that news is very fast these days, you know, that the opinions, the, the takes, the positions, they seem to just happen, you know, it's always an event that just raises everybody. But we wanted to kind of ask an overarching question, which was, you know, so what's your opinion of the Biden presidency so far? Well, from the very beginning, I would say, I don't believe Biden is the president. I I believe after watching the evidence that's actually been presented in the media is not reporting on it. I do not believe he won the election. So I would start with that. But that said, I, I would say that uh, people who follow me on the Patriot Review, uh, they would have heard me say things that are directed towards the liberal side. And, and I would just like to clarify that uh, I don't view the, the Biden administration as a democratic administration. To me, the things that they're doing prove uh, that they are more of a communist administration. And we can talk about several topics as to why I believe that. But um, so let's start from there, that there, there is really no existing two-party system anymore. So I would like to talk about government in total and more of a uniparty and what they're doing to American citizens of all stripes. So, yeah, so I guess just to follow up on that, so you're saying that you don't really think this is a Democratic Party presidency, that it's, it's something completely different. I think the fact that there are now around 46% of Democrats who believe the election was stolen and now there are, I believe yesterday I read, 44% of Democrats who want somebody else to run against him in primary. So wow. I mm-hmm. believe that that's fast. it's time for America and Americans to stop fighting each other and understand that there is a very far right, which are the globalist fascists, who the globalist, corporate globalists. Those are... Uh, the, the, I guess the uh, social media corporations are an example of that, but so is Walmart with mandatory jabs. So is everybody else that's 
that's woke, Coca-Cola, all these other companies. They are the corporate globalists. They're in it for the money. That's a very far left. We have the communists who are in it, as BLM stated, hey, we're, we're trained Marxists and we're here to destroy America, burn it to the ground and start over. Mm-hmm. So we have these, we have these uh, uh, true Democrats that are lost, that they have no representation. And we have conservatives who have no representation as well because, you know, they got corporate globalists in, 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 the, in Congress. So I think that uh, uh, any administration, the test has to be, this is just my opinion, but the test has to be, will America be first? Will America come first? And what are we seeing now? We're seeing out of San Francisco today, the news is, is that they're going to force five-year-olds to be able to show that they've got a jab to go into restaurants and public buildings. Um, you know, and we could go into the whole conversation about the jabs himself, but here we have, as an example, the United States, uh, our constitutional rights being shredded, and they're taking little by little, and you got uh, uh, OSHA now coming out and being, being given the order that they're going to go out and make sure that uh, employers that have 100 or more employees have the jab. Uh, so, you know, once you lose control over your body and the government controls your body, mm-hmm. you've lost everything. You know, right. It's, I, it's, a, it's another few steps beyond even private property where they were saying, you know, you can, you can stay in that house or apartment and not pay rent. And then what? Yes, like that on steroids to then say you, you don't have rights over your own body. Well, it's just time that Americans step back and just look at what the truth is. Okay, so we got a wide open border. We got people coming across with COVID, yet we have to put our kids in masks at school. We've got people coming across the border with tuberculosis, um, measles. We have people coming across mm-hmm. the border that we have no, no idea what their, their political leanings are, if they're, if they're going to do harm to people, what their criminal backgrounds are. And we're flying them all over the country, busting them all over the country. Meanwhile, Americans are told that they need to pay these illegals that have been separated from their families $450,000 a piece. Um, if that's not tyranny, uh, tell me what is, you know? And, and the Republicans, the, the corporate globalists are doing nothing about it, you know? So things are, are probably, in my opinion, probably the worst they've been since the Civil War. Yeah, I know. I, I know a lot of people have started talks about how just the country seems to be very much split right down the middle. Uh, you know, it, you're either kind of on one side or the other, and there's really not a lot of middle ground or variation. There's really just kind of one or the other. It, it kind of feels that you get forced into one or the other as well. But, you know, I did want to pick up on just what you were saying with the whole, uh, you know, tyrannical aspect of everything. Oftentimes when you, you know, I hear somebody give these examples, you know, they talk about the wide open border, everything you said. Mm-hmm. And the response I'll hear from, you know, moderates, left-wingers, is I'll often hear that these are cherry-picked. That, you know, the 450000 they're not payments just to the illegals. It's, it's, you know, compensation for what Donald Trump did to them. So they're, yeah. they're saving the country money. 
Right. So I, I want to pitch in there. I feel like that 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 was almost a good idea, like to say something like that until Afghanistan happened. And then at that point, I think there were, you know, it's a rare time when you start hearing CNN and Fox News saying the same thing, which is that Biden and the administration seriously screwed this up. And that's the person's head we should put on a stake. You very rarely hear people come together on a criticism of the same person for almost the same exact reasons, which is we screwed up. Well, let's let's be honest too about Fox News. They're controlled. Uh, they're controlled just like the main, the other mainstream mm-hmm. media channels are. They're they're yep. controlled dissent. And as far as the answering the, the the liberals that make that comment about Trump, make up for what? Make up for securing our border. Make up for securing our country. Make up for our sovereignty. That's a, that's a nonsensical argument. We we did nothing to them. They, that that's actually that's actually um, more humanistic and more caring than what Biden is doing. Now we have thousands and thousands of women getting raped. We have child uh, trafficking going on. We have fentanyl coming across, killing our citizens. Uh, when they know they can't get across the border, that's when they don't come. That's when they stay alive. That's when mm-hmm. drugs don't kill our people. You know, and if you if you turn that around, I don't know if you guys remember a few years ago there was a a man who had a gun in his car and he went to went to Mexico, went to the border, and he he said, and I don't know, this part's true, but it doesn't really matter. He said he he was forced to go through the border and had to turn around and try to come back, and he was caught with a gun in his car and he was held in Mexican prison for months and months. Now, if you go to Mexico and they catch you trying to come in illegally, what do you get? You get a two-year prison sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so apologizing for being a country and having having sovereignty and controlling who comes across your border is not saying nobody can come across your border. It's saying we want to know who is coming across your border. So that whole argument to me um, is just a ridiculous argument and. Uh, the Biden administration right now and the infringements on people's rights, whether, you know, it's, it's COVID-19 or it's the jab itself, or it's these payments, or if it's his FBI dog uh, coming out saying he's going to fight back against the moms and dads that have something to say about their kids' education. It's, it's absolutely inexcusable nonsense. And people, People are uh, purposely uh, put against each other and stood up of these false flags, and, and uh, you know, instead of doing what we should be doing and taking our country back, they have us divided. And, and I think that that is what we're coming to the point now, where people are realizing this, and they have to understand. One of the things that I have said a couple times on my show is that uh, usually when you turn. You know, where I'm, I'm 54, so you start thinking about your legacy, right? And you think, uh, man, you know, after two or three generations, there's really no legacy. I mean, people didn't, they don't even remember you unless they do your, your genetic research, right? And your family tree and all that. Great. Um, so what better legacy is there than fighting to preserve this country and its freedoms and its individual liberties rather than community-controlled freedoms, uh, what better legacy is there than 
preserving this for your children and grandchildren? Mm -hmm. there's, there's a few things in there that I want to, to point out. So when you mentioned Mexico, I think a lot of people would be really shocked if they traveled internationally to realize that most countries are considerably more conservative than the United States across many, many different things. So like the, the Texas abortion law, for instance, people don't realize that if you were to go to Mexico, that they they have actual laws in place that it's, you know, it for the most part was considered a criminal activity to go and get an abortion. And they they would, you know, if you were to have an abortion and say it were to be a situation that required you to go and be hospitalized, they would take you to the hospital. And then afterwards, they would roll you in to the maternity ward so they could see mothers with their children and say, this is what you've deprived yourself of, and then roll them into the police station afterwards after they've recovered to go and you know have them essentially taken to jail. And I don't think people realize that we are, even at our most conservative, most people wouldn't consider that to be the right way to handle somebody who's gotten an abortion, you know? So it, it's just one of those things where we have a cultural divide where we think that people should live a certain way. And if they don't, then they're awful people. And I think that that's something that we as Americans should be working on to recognize like the humanity of a lot of these situations. Now you mentioned a lot about um, legacy. So that's something my dad has been thinking a lot of and has kind of bestowed on me. You know, one of the things that I've been involved in real recently is a lot of real estate investing. And my wife and I, we save, we invest almost half of our income because my long-term goal is that I want to be able to create a nonprofit that could potentially eliminate one of, potentially one of the worst things that we have in our society, which I would consider to be abortion. And my thoughts there is like, we, we have things like the Texas abortion law coming up. And I found out that there's a lot of money available via nonprofits to fund abortions. And my opinion was, wait a minute, what if we had a ton of private money that from nonprofits making adoption more of an option for women who are trying to decide between having their child or not having a child at all? And so the concept is there's a lot of ways to leave a strong legacy. And one of them really needs to be maintaining the freedom of choice that we have in this country. Because if we don't maintain that, something like my dream to potentially create a nonprofit that would end uh, the abortion industry as we know it and replace it with an adoption industry would not be possible because the government by that point would have decided that uh, government's paying for abortion, not adoption. You know, And that would be the, the way that we would take it. And especially in a time like today where it's one way or the highway, where we could see somebody in the Senate saying, like, maybe we should write a bill and make abortion, you know, an option all the way up through, you know, three months. That wouldn't necessarily pass because you'd have the filibuster enacted, but it would certainly do a similar thing that we see today when, say, Philadelphia is proclaimed through the House that it should be a state. And they pass all these other bonkers bills that make Republicans and anybody with half a mind and most of the moderates say, well, why are we doing that? What is the purpose here? And I think it does come down to what you said, which is that we're kind of fragmenting. It says a lot about our society that we have 
the president, the Senate, and the House trying to pass two ginormous bills where there isn't a single Republican that wants to back it, and there's two senators and five House people from the Democratic Party keeping those packages from actually moving forward, where even if they succeed, they will fail the American people. And if they fail, well, they've just wasted a ton of time. Yeah, you have Manchin, who's now thinking about leaving his party because of this, and I hope he does. And I hope we can count on him to continue to put a blockade in front of this type of stuff. But you, you mentioned being pitted against each other and groups being pitted against each other. And uh, so I put out a documentary uh, called Freedom Waning, The Wars Are to Be Gone. That's, that's on Rumble and it's on uh, the other, the other Frank Speech and the other platforms that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. It's not a technological feat by an example. It was done over uh, Skype and, and Zoom uh, largely, but the content that it deals with is the content that all Americans should understand. It goes through the history of communism and Marxism. And what we're seeing in the examples that you gave, we're seeing a repeat of the Russian uh, Revolution and the Chinese Revolution. We're seeing in America, and we're seeing a shift from the battle of the classes uh, to the battle of the races. We saw all of the mm. all of the stuff going on with BLM and Antifa, and and uh, and in my opinion, we'll, we'll talk about January uh, when we get to that. But uh, so so what I'm getting to is this: that we have the same thing, history repeating itself, but because the United States is a is a free market system, and it's based on individual liberty. Uh, we have the strongest middle class in history. So this this uh, COVID nineteen, my opinion, was released on purpose. You know, Fauci tied to the finance uh, of this uh, of this virus being actually created. You look inside of the spike proteins. Uh, they're, they're structured in a way that they cannot occur in nature. Uh, Karen Kingston, who I'll have on my show uh, probably in, in two or three weeks, uh, she has talked nonstop about the data coming from the CDC, NIH, and uh, other uh, the, the Pfizer's and the Moderna's and, and showing their patents and really describing what the intent here is. So we have Fauci, we have Bill Gates, we have this uh, race war that was manufactured. We have the January event, which I consider the equivalent of the Nazi Reichstag fire, which is when they started blaming the, the Jews when the Reichstag was burning, and that led to Kristallnacht, uh, and then eventually to concentration camps. And mm-hmm. I think what, what we'll see next is we will see uh, the next hitting of two groups will be, and already is starting to be, the vaxxed and the unvaxxed. And you will see the unvaxxed losing all of their freedoms. Yeah, no, you, you, see, you hear about the camps in Australia and other places where they're just, they're just going to put people. You know, I, when the second I hear that, I say, oh, that's, that's, that, that's, a, that's a bold move to pull off. Let's see if it works out for you. But... I did want to transition a little bit just to the January 6th. Um, you know, we, we have the congressional uh, last thing for Will. Should, 
you're talking about, you know, being a typical American and, and wanting to invest in real estate properties and stuff. Well, the other thing that's coming down the pike, the UN, you know, the plan is that you will not own property. They, that will be taken away from you. The government will own the property, mm-hmm. you know? So again, what is going to, what is it going to take to motivate Americans to understand that you are being fooled and pitted against each other and that if you don't stand up, you're going to lose your rights and America and America is going to be gone. And then there's no place else to go. Right. 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 Yeah. Well, it's one of those things where I have to make the best decisions that I can make today. And that's just one of those decisions. And at the end of the day, if they, if private property gets removed from my ability to own, then there are going to be a lot of other things that have already gone straight to the, through the floor and into the, you know, the earth, you know, or straight to hell, you know, and, and at that point, will it really have mattered where I put place the money and invested? Probably not. So, uh, I, you know, it's one of those things where I absolutely agree that it's entirely possible. You know, I have a, uh, my mother's best friend was uh, telling her that she was concerned about me having interest in the real estate market because what what if I don't, you know, pay them all off? What if the, the government takes them? And I was like, I don't really think it's going to matter if I have my entire, like all of these yeah. houses paid off if the government takes them from me. I understand. <laughs> my real comment is, uh, you know, what is going to take to motivate people? What is it going to take to stop fighting each other? Exactly. Motivate people that we need to worry about protecting our freedoms. When we have mothers and fathers being threatened by the FBI because they do what, what they have every right to do and go to the school board that they pay for yep. school and they pay for mm-hmm. their salaries and everything else. And the FBI is threatening them when all of a sudden you find out that uh, it's a big surprise to everybody in Washington, D.C. that China has hypersonic missiles. Well, maybe if you were stopping attacking mothers and fathers, you might not be so surprised. You know, mm-hmm. they're completely uh, obfuscating their duties, and and here we sit. You know, so uh, man, I'm sorry I interrupted you. You were gonna no, that's okay. No, it's good good to finish that off. I mm-hmm. yeah, we just I just wanted to bring bring this up because it's something that you know you're almost not allowed to talk about except to just acknowledge that it happened. It was bad. It was, in fact, very bad. And, he, and even on top of that, it was horrible. And it was horribly bad. And if you don't, and that's all you're allowed to say. Um, you know, if, if you're on YouTube and you have any sort of discussion or you seem to be even mildly supporting it, they'll ban your channel. Um, anybody who talks about anything of the keys or tries to say, hey, this doesn't seem right or that doesn't, they get going. So there seems to be like a, a range of opinions. There's... The range, it ranges all the way from that was an actual organized attempt to take over the United States government and install Donald Trump as a dictator. That's, there's that range. There's more the middle, which is, it was a, a small group of people broke into the Capitol, started a riot, and then were cleaned up in a couple hours. And then there seems to be the other end, which says, that this was a false flag operation that was put together. So I wanted to kind of start off by asking where you fall on that or if that's even an accurate representation of where people seem to be. I don't know where everybody is, honestly, Matthew, but I know, I know it doesn't pass the smell test. And, I, and I'll tell you what I've shared with my viewers is that um, I have video of, of uh, shuttle buses being 
driven to the Capitol under escort by law enforcement, and also the black SUVs, which obviously are probably FBI. Uh, and those were uh, Antifa uh, members. Uh, I showed that video on my show, and I also showed a video that people, more people have probably seen, which is people entering the Capitol and both sides of the hall uh, hallway, there are Capitol Police members standing there, and they are talking with people coming in. My challenge to anybody out there is, if this is your first time in Washington, D.C., and you're at the Capitol, and the Capitol Police open the door, and they're standing on the, si on the sides as you walk through the Capitol, do you really think you're violating the law? Your opinion is, I pay for this Capitol building. This is the people's building. It's a public building, and they're letting us in. I think I... I honestly believe, and I think it's it's been proven that the FBI was recently came out that the FBI had some involvement in that. And like I said before, I think that it is a Reichstag fire. I think people need to to just use the smell test and think about all these things collectively. The problem is people take their strong stance on one issue without looking at the big picture. All these things are related. All these things are being done on purpose, together, towards the end goal that the UN has been working on. It was plan 21, now it's 30 or whatever it is. But the, the whole purpose is the, the globalists want a new world order. And I think that Americans have historically been a little bit naive thinking that that kind of stuff can't happen to America. But the other thing that we have that makes it the most dangerous time in history since the Civil War is we do not have our moral compass. Every, every nation that has murdered millions of people in the name of some cause has mm -hmm. been godless. Every one of them. And, and our country is moving more and more towards being godless and, uh, and chastising Christians and, and, and that sort of thing. So... Again, I take a, a, a wider viewpoint of it, and I think that that January event is being used to further the mission. Yeah, because I, I think a lot of people would respond to that by, you know, they'd show the videos of people clashing with police and the, the shoving, and, you know, be, you know, several police officers you know, were injured, and they'd say, well, that doesn't seem like letting them in. So I guess, is that something where, like, that, Maybe, how do, you, how, how do you respond to people who say that? I respond to people that say that to my opening comment and saying that there are buses of people, of people that come, come with um, uh, sticks and bats and people that come off the shuttles. The shuttles, that's an organized, that's an organized deal. Shuttles of, of people who were down listening to the Trump speech when Trump said, and now we will uh, patriotically and peaceful peacefully marched to the Capitol, you know, and they said he, he was the one that instigated it, which was a bunch of BS. Um, I, I say that those, that that was planned and that it is, that's what the Reichstag fire was. It was, it was a false flag event to, to get people to believe their line of BS. So when they say, uh, what do you say to that? What I say to that is on one hand, you know, Number one, it's not an insurrection. Insurrection is an, is an attempted coup uh, to take over a government. And the video that I have of the people who were in the, 
the uh, house chamber. Um, they're praying. Their security guard that's in there, the capital police officer that's in there, is talking to them and say, be respectful and everything else. And uh, exactly who were they going to take over? There was never an attempt to do that. However, what we did see in the summer before that, we saw people lighting federal buildings on fire with law enforcement inside of it twice. We saw city blocks burning. We saw police cars destroyed. We saw people beaten. We saw a retired cop murdered. We saw, you know, 30, 30 some murders. And, you know, the, 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 the thing that people are missing and what doesn't smell right is uh, the, the media. I mean, Joseph Goebbels will be proud of the media in America today. That they continually paint the January event in one light, yet they excuse the other events. And it's worse than that. It's to the point where our own vice president is bailing these people out of jail. You know, so... I just, I don't buy that. I think that, I think that Americans need to wake up that mm-hmm. this kind of stuff can happen here and we're seeing it happen. And we got to stop just, yeah, I don't care if people don't believe what I believe, but what they do believe that I believe is that freedom is important and we want our children to have opportunities and we want mm-hmm. our country to survive and that we are letting a small group of extremists change that yeah yeah i think that it's it's a it's a tough situation because you know what what you're saying makes sense to me you know if we have this footage then it doesn't make sense that there were uh that there would be those other conflicts at the same time so like matthew was bringing up those videos that show a conflict outside supposedly outside of the the capitol building and when showing that next to the footage of people praying or the footage of people being brought in on buses, it just doesn't make sense. So much so that people end up crawling back into the space that they have in their mind where they say, I need to push this one idea out of my head and go with the idea that I originally had. And it's it's difficult. And I see what you're saying about how you know it doesn't really pass the smell test what, where we're at. It seems odd. It doesn't seem planned. And I believe that the FBI, you know, did their own assessment and considered that it wasn't a planned event. It was a bunch of small things that just happened to come together, even from their own perspective. And so that could be, you know, a straight up lie. It wouldn't be I'm the first time, I'm sure, uh, that the FBI has lied to the American people. Well, the, uh, a couple things to add to that, that sure. there's a gentleman and right now, he's, his, his name escapes me, but he's been shown... Uh, the night before and the morning of that event, trying to gin up people to go and get violent. And mm. this, this man was listed originally on the FBI's most wanted, FBI's uh, not most wanted, but wanted in, in connection to that event. Well, they knew who he was before the end of that day, and he's never been arrested. Uh, however, wow. there are over 60 people, many of whom never entered the Capitol, but were just outside the Capitol who are still imprisoned with oh. the most serious charge being, uh, the most serious charge being trespassing. And <sighs> do you see how many Antifa or BLM members do you see still in prison? How many do you see that aren't allowed to, uh, 
to, to go to uh, a Christian service in church. Members that are in the D.C. jail right now, they're given an Islamic newspaper, which talks frequently about the white infidel and how they need to be killed, mm-hmm. but they're not allowed to go to their Christian services. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, so that's, that's one thing. The other thing that doesn't pass the smell test is that there is uh, this, this uh, um, defining these people as terrible people and upholding other people who've done far worse. And, you know, you see people, uh, it doesn't pass the smell test what they're trying to feed us. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's also about race. And yeah, I'm sure there are racists out there, but you know what? There's racists of all stripes against every color. Oh, of course. I do want to go back one more, one more sure. thing though. You mentioned, you mentioned about how it's a godless culture that creates uh, the, the kind of strife that would enable countries to create concentration camps and mass murder their own citizens. And I think it's a really interesting point because where we are going is the concept that if there is no moral compass or no reason to have a moral compass, that would rewrite the cult, not just the culture, but the actual rules and laws of which we live by. Because Absolutely. most people don't realize that the actual ground we stand on, the actual ground of law we stand on, is based off a of Judeo-Christian philosophy. And that the concept for do not murder comes from the Bible. The concept for do not steal comes from the Bible. In fact, all of the laws that we have from the very base of the country, you know, even in the Constitution, are very much built on the the concepts of the Bible. You know, and so from that perspective, for anyone that's considering themselves to not believe in a God, well, it shouldn't shock anyone that they don't care that abortion should could be up to, you know, up to three months because it's not a it's not a like that baby, even if they could conceptually say it's a baby, does not have any value to them at any point until they become a quote person, according to them. And the same thing applies to, you know, uh, I have friends who would say uh, that if the, the two of them voted and I was the only other person in the room that they could vote and take my stuff. They could beat me up and take my stuff, essentially. They wouldn't yeah. say it that way, but they would definitely say, well, we should be able to go to the ballot box and vote to take away all the wealth or 70% of the wealth of the world's richest people. And I'm thinking your, your ability to take someone else's, to vote on taking somebody else's money and giving it to somebody else does not make you compassionate. It makes you a thief. Yeah. And well, I... It's frustrating to me because I have to go and have these con- like this conscious conversations with these people. And meanwhile, I think to myself, if you were making more money, would you really have the opinion that you have today? Well, I don't exactly. think you would because you would realize how insane it is. And it's actually really funny because with this particular couple, it's kind of a social experiment I have going on. I am attempting, you know, I work for a company that does pay people a very good wage for a very, uh, well, for, for strongly technical backgrounds and t- technical work. And I'm trying to get um, the, the husband a job because his background would fit well with it. And I'm thinking, if you start making this kind of money, it'd be really interesting to see how your perspective changes. Because when you are making more money, when the sweat of your brow gives you the value that you are seeking in your life, it's a good challenge and it pays you well, you realize that you have the right to that money that you earned. 
the government doesn't have that right and the other people shouldn't have the right to vote to take it from you. Well, I think this is what happens when you have adults and now there are more, more adults and older adults than ever still living with their parents or returning to their parents' mm -hmm. homes. And uh, uh, one thing I want to say about the very beginning part of that is that, uh, yes, we're, we, our, our country was founded on Judeo-Christian values without a doubt. And uh, the godlessness, you know, if you go down and tick off the, the countries, obviously Hitler is the first one everybody throws out there. You know? hmm. Hitler, uh, Himmler was... It's not the only one. Himmler was big into... And he's not the worst by far, actually. Um, so Himmler, uh, he, he wanted to worship nature. And he built a, uh, an auditorium to start this whole project. Now, they, they were going to shift to that after the war. They thought they'd win the war. Obviously, they didn't. But um, so they eliminated religion, and especially the Jews, but the, British, the Christians also. Um, and then you look at Stalin or Lenin first, then Stalin, Marx, right? All of them. And you look at the different types of countries. Uh, those two probably collectively killed about 100 million. Then you have Mao, who killed 500 or 50 million of his own people. Mm. Uh, then you have Castro. Then you have, you know, you could go on and on. But my point is this, that eventually those globalists that want the New World Order are going to clash with uh, most likely the, 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 the communists because the communists, they want you to worship the state. And the globalists, you know, they're not necessarily anti-religion, but they want to have control and solve all money. And then there's the Islamic uh, faction. And uh, there's, there's uh, right now groups of is, is Islamic uh, uh, like Hamas and, you know, these, these folks are working with the communists, but one wants, one wants to wipe out every other religion and the other wants to have no religion. So there mm. will eventually be a huge conflict with that. And that, lines, yeah. yeah, yeah, the red, green lines and, that, and they're going to end up fighting each other if it gets that far. Um, you know, so we have, your comment about your friends, I wanted to say something about that too. So it's interesting to me, I think everybody who's gone through, when you get out of high school, whether or not you go to college, doesn't matter. If you start out in the workforce or if you go to college and you start out after that, you do start getting a paycheck and you start realizing, well, shit, I got to pay all these bills. And, yeah. And guess what? Now your money becomes more important to you. And there was a teacher who did an ex experiment with, um, this was in a, a high school class did an experiment with them. And one day he had them, uh, okay, everybody, you, you do push-ups, and I'll give you a Snickers bar. I'll give a Snickers bar to mm -hmm. the top, whatever it was, three people. And, um, and so he totaled up, without telling these kids what the, what the idea was, totaled up the number of push-ups. And then he divided them the next day into groups. And he said, okay, I'm going to give Snickers bars to everybody in the group that gets the most push-ups. Well, the total number of push-ups went down drastically because everybody thought that somebody else would do more push-ups for them. Yep. And, you know, it's a perfect demonstration of, of what you were talking about. And people who fall for all this, I mean, I would start going in and just start taking their stuff and walk out the door. And when they get pissed, <laughs> just say, hey, 
know, I don't have that. I have that. I kind of like that. I think I'm going to take it home with me. Yeah, and the ironic part is that you know my friends are the type of people where they'll spend twice as much on their house and three times as much on you know restaurants than I could even imagine, you know, in a typical month. Right. And I have to wonder, you know, at what point do you realize that you're not making wise financial choices for yourself or for your family, and you're not going to encourage good choices for your children either? And I, I think part of it is, you know, personally from my mindset. A huge, you haven't mentioned it, you haven't gotten into it yet, but a, a passion of mine will be the concept that the deficit in this country cannot stand. It will eventually crush us. And nobody seems to care. The Democrats and the Republicans hold hands every time they need to go and raise the debt ceiling. And if they aren't holding hands, it's for political privilege that they could do so. And it's not because they're actually against the deficit going up. And my perspective there is if we don't do something about it and actually uh, make the budget stabilize and go the other direction where we pay it off, then we are going to eventually run into the problem where other countries own enough of our debt to use it as a stumbling block for us, where our GDP isn't going to matter. And from that perspective, it wouldn't shock me, you know, if some, if, if, if we learned anything from this year, which, you know, not much apparently, because a lot of people haven't changed their opinions enough to change their actions. We know that it only takes two senators or five people from the House of one's own party to make things go a lot slower or to kill a lot of things potentially. And the thought that I have there is if we just had a couple of senators who were elected that said, I'm not going to add a single dollar to the deficit in my time here, or you should have me out immediately the next day, I'll resign. If we had two senators who said that, absolutely nothing would get passed ever again for the, their duration there. And I think that we need to have the generations that come next, you know, the millennials and I think Gen Z, they might be the ones that actually make that happen because they're the most conservative generations we've really had in decades. And I think it's entirely possible that that happens mostly because it's conservatives who are having more of the children. So it wouldn't be a shock to see more conservative people who actually believe that we need to kill the deficit. And it's interesting because it, it's obviously a secondary issue because if we morally believed that having a deficit is a moral wrong, if we actually believed from a financial perspective that doing financing is generally bad for Americans, and for everyone, that we shouldn't be buying the outrageous, the outrageous houses that we can't afford, and we shouldn't be putting everything, not that credit cards are bad, but on credit cards that we can't pay off, then we might actually have people who actually vote in, people who say that we shouldn't have a deficit at all. And I think this is something that's going to become a general, like a, a block of reasons that eventually we're going to end up destroying, you know, the concept, even the concept of a social security program that people are apparently bound to for the rest of their lives, which is also insane. But the concept that like, oh, we'll just increase it by 6% now. It's like, do you, do you realize that it could drop to 70% in, I don't know, a decade? Because we aren't able to afford it because it will crush us. And then what will be the answer? Well, we'll give out 100% and then we'll tack it onto the deficit. That's what's going to come. That's what's going to happen. Because the Democrats at that point will say, well, we have to spend money to make it happen. Because they're going to see the older, the older generations, and they're going to say, they'll vote for us. I'm going to just project this right now. I've never said this before. They're going to say that they will vote for the strongly liberal elite leftists into 
government because they'll be the ones that will say, let's just pay for it out of the back pocket of the deficit. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's completely true that that'll happen because you'll, you'll see that there's a lot of elderly uh, people. They can vote Republican 100%, but the second someone says, hey, we should do something about the entitlement programs, all of a sudden they, they're the staunchest liberals you've ever met. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it scares me because I think that it's actually going to become the next group that could fall because a lot of older Americans are fairly morally conservative and fiscally they'd be conservative as they can until it impacts their livelihood, like you said. And so it creates this issue where I it frustrates me because I feel like liberals are always looking for who's the next group they can just take. What can they give a group to get them to to stand with them for no other reason than because they can give them free stuff. Yeah. I think, I think the bad news is, is that we are, are, we are already past the point. My belief that, I mean, the, the willpower to, the willpower to self-impose some painful changes isn't there. And, you know, this same thing happened to Germany post-World War One and went into the Weimar Republic and you have a wheelbarrow full of cash to get a loaf mm. of bread, right? Yep. Uh, and, and now you see inflation going up and you see, I mean, all the indicators are there that we're headed for big, big problems. Oh and yeah. At the same time, you know, here, here's 3.5 trillion, here's you know, a couple trillion. What's the big deal? It, 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 um, it's, it's the federal reserve that caused the problem where we're printing endless money and we don't have anything materially to back it up. And uh, Ron Paul, when he was around, everybody probably remembers that he was very staunchly uh, opposed to the Federal Reserve, wanted to audit the Federal Reserve, wanted to eliminate the Federal Reserve and go back to the gold standard. Now, people say, well, there's not enough gold. Well, okay, then make it the precious metal standard and do gold, silver, platinum, whatever. Uh, you know, uh, so I think that's part of the problem. The other problem that gets to the heart of what you talked about was uh, April 8, 1913, Connecticut approved, uh, was the, the over, over, uh, riding vote, the last vote that, that put the 17th amendment in place. What happened before that was that the states chose the Senate representation, right? So your senators were much closer to home, had to come home and had to care about what their constituents said, because when you're actually being chosen out of the state, uh, you're, like I said, you're much closer to home. So the, the, the citizens of that state have a lot more control over the, re- the representatives in Congress. Now it's an election and you have, uh, you have uh, lobbyists who are dumping all kinds of money into that. You know, lobbyists didn't exist until Grant was president. Uh, so you have these two things. You have your representation being pulled away from you and federalized. And then you have lobbyists coming in. And so when you had mentioned, you know, that both Democrats and Republicans are both, you know, they're happy to spend the money. Well, what other profession do you go into where your salary is in the thousands and you come out at, you know, six years or two years later and you're multimillionaire? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not making their money off the salary. Okay. Pelosi's stock gains alone are, are quite eye-catching. Yeah, I, I think... I think, you know, you've brought up a lot of really good points and, and that's part of the reason we wanted to have you on today. Just, you know, we, we wanted to get just sort of a take on, the, you know, the 
pulse of how people are feeling about Biden, how uh, those who don't support Biden are feeling. Um, and, and so thank you very much for coming on today. I'd love to have you. Um, you know, I can't, hopefully we get to do this again. So uh, I, I just want to appreciate it. Yeah. I just want, I want to plug something real quick. I have, uh, my website is red blooded Patriots, the nest red blooded Patriots.com. And you can go there. I have, um, uh, different membership levels, I have a free membership level. Uh, I have, uh, also this Friday, I'm going to try and have a, uh, kind of a community event where people can sign up, but you have to sign up for a free membership and we'll do a, we'll do a, a basically a, a meeting over the internet and talk with listeners and stuff. So, um, I'd like to say that. And then if you, if you want to see the show, we're going to be kind of extending this, uh, same kind of topics here this Sunday. I have people in Arizona from the Ohio state assembly, uh, group, and they are going to talk about an affidavit affidavit process to really take back our freedoms. And it's very interesting. So people tune into that this Sunday. I have also another gal who, is in no left turning education, which deals with the schools and the battles that are that are happening to schools. And to me, that is the most important battlefield because what's allowed this mindset that we've been discussing is the lack of education in the true history of the United States. So the the number one battle that people should be concerned about is education, in my opinion. Um, thank you for letting me say that, and thanks again for the invitation, you guys. I really did enjoy the conversation very much, and hope to. Yeah be back and have you on my show as well. You guys are always welcome. Yeah, no, thank you very much. We enjoyed having you. We wish we could stay here for three hours, but you know, you can't, can't keep everybody around all the time. So <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully this will be again, again, uh, to everybody listening, go ahead and check him out at, uh, all the places, uh, listed, uh, at his website. Uh, yep. And once again, thank you very much for coming on. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And if you have a comment, question or rant, We'd love to hear it. Email us at bluestateconversations at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook and find our articles on Medium. If you like this podcast, share it with a friend. No matter what state you're in, blue, red, or purple, there is always room at the table to discuss your views in a way that lets us all grow. 